This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. If I'm not masculine enough, and it's like I just keep getting all these triggers, and it's like I'm the only person to blame at the end of the day. Welcome to the first podcast of Human Beings. Um, I'm Ailish, and I'm here with Josh, the co-host. How you doing, Ailish? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. And uh, we're lucky enough to, on this first episode, seeing as we are going to be talking about uncomfortable topics throughout this podcast, to make us feel a little bit more comfortable, we're sitting alongside one of my best friends and just so happened to be my roommate, Mitch Parkinson. How you doing, Mitch? Good, thank you. That's good, that's good. <laughs> So, today's topic is an interesting one because it's quite a broad one. Mm. Alice, do you want to sort of get into a bit of detail about this broad topic? So, we've chosen this topic because of how broad it can be. Um, it kind of encapsulates all of the conversations we'll potentially be having um, with people in the future on future podcasts. But basically, it's just the struggle of being human. And what it takes in the society to kind of pave your way, um, why we want to define ourselves and how we define ourselves and, you know, how hard it is to just kind of keep pushing on um, when we're all struggling. Um, I think between us three, we'll be able to cover a a fair few topics um, and probably bring some light to things as well. And uh, full disclosure to the audience, there could be some coarse language had during this uh, (laughs) podcast so we do apologize but not really because we are here to be absolutely honest and raw and vulnerable with you guys so let's get into it so Mitchell I've lived with you now for two months you know we have some pretty deep conversations and I think that's one of the reasons why we really wanted to get you on this first episode and I'm so grateful to have you here first and foremost because you do have really good conversations you know in this current day and age with the way technology is, the way society is, you know, what we see and what we you know, consume as media and everything around us, you know, it, it is becoming harder and harder for us to sort of identify ourselves as authentic individuals, mm. you know. And I, I, we talk about this often, but sometimes it's, it's difficult for me to keep up with because I'm still going through personal growth myself and trying to figure out who, who is Josh Sherwell. Mm. Um, you know, but talking to you definitely makes me feel a lot more aware and a lot more, um, it helps me build tools to then, you know, explore more and ask more questions. Mm. So, I mean, like question to you, first question is where do you think like this all stems from or where do you think this all starts from or what is the catalyst of it in our modern society? For people to feel disconnected from themselves. Yeah, like where, where did we lose ourselves? Like where did we as human beings, human beings... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> where where did we start to get that disconnection? Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a lot of interesting perspectives out there. And one I heard recently was even just with the realm of psychedelics in the shift of religious practices, you know, like to, to go from I have this inter- internal experience or this direct experience with, with something larger than myself, which happens in even things like breath work or, or yoga or you know, and nowadays it's like I personally feel like sometimes like nature or <clears throat> love or these things are always external 
things we have to seek, like, outside ourselves. Yeah, definitely. So, like, <clears throat> I don't know, personally, I, I grew up in a religious family and then confronted a lot of what I felt was lies and misconceptions and turned into an atheist and, and had a lot of anger and hatred. And one of the biggest things that's helped me has, has been to develop my own s- sovereignty. That's how you say it. You know, <laughs> like, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. It's like being like, as much as like I have a family, I, I have my place in society. Like, like I am a sovereign being, you know, like I, I create my own reality and, and there's studies coming out now to show how, much we just don't understand about the way the human brain works, you know, yeah. and how it's not you have to see it to believe it. You have to believe something to actually achieve it, you know, and, and a lot of people are, are put into this box. And, yeah, schooling system is a big one nowadays. You, you, you talk to teachers or to, you know, we, we have a good friend who's a, uh, a like a kindy teacher. Yeah, Tyler Legend. You know, and, and the struggles he faces of, of, of seeing how our kids are put into a box of, like, this is how you have to behave, this is when you're allowed to eat, this is when you're allowed to go to the toilet. And, you know, I've read it before, like if someone hears this podcast and I'm completely wrong, but, <laughs> you know, the, the schooling system was developed to to train us for factory work. Yeah, takes out that authenticity. Into, yeah. yeah, you know, like you, you have to be as productive as possible so that there's no room for emotional expression, you know, and, and working in certain environments where there's a, a large masculine presence, there, there, there isn't time if a, if a male, and I'm speaking from experience, like to be like, I'm doing shit, you know, like mm. my life's falling apart, like I'm suicidal, I'm this and that. It's like we don't have time for that. you know. Yeah, we, we and, don't, yeah. and modern day like workplaces as well. I think they're, they're now starting to catch on to it like in recent times, but, you know, back in our parents' time and before that, like you, you're totally right, there wasn't time for, for anyone that was going through hardship to have that compassion and empathy from their boss or their corporation to just be like, no, like you're a cog in the machine, you keep you keep moving. 100%. I think I think as well too, we're we're moving into a society where we have more time to mm. th- as much as we didn't think we had time then, mm. I think a lot of our time back then was working, you know, paving your way for your family and even though, you know, that there are some negative connotations around it, that's kind of what you had to do mm. then to get fo- to to move forward mm. and as much as that sucks i feel like now you know with social media and a lot of um technology mm. we've kind of become lazy in a way not meaning that negatively but just we've there's a lot of things that are done for us now comfort become com- complacent yeah. yeah and i think yeah. because of that you know instead of getting up in the morning and and getting up straight away and and going to work or or going for a run or doing all these things a lot of us will wake up you know you'll snooze your alarm three times you'll look at your phone. It's like those times where you could be doing stuff for yourself or going inwards, like we're saying, and, mm. and, and, you know, finding out who you are in a way. We spend a lot of time looking outwards and mm. and filling our time with things which kind of makes us more anxious and probably makes us less inclined to share our feelings with people because it almost seems like it's not worth it. You know, mm. we, we, we're surrounded by highlight reels and... <laughs> I feel like a lot yeah, of our life Instagram. is, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> but you know, it's got its good. It's got its good um, perks, I guess. But I feel like, especially with mental health, especially with um, you know, there's such a big thing about um, men's mental mental health as well. It's great that it's being talked about now, but I do think the push 
on social media to talk about it has almost made it lose its um, oh, 100%. power in a way. 100%. Yeah. Like point, in, point in case was at the start of this year, you know, like um, I'm a massive advocate for men's mental health. Um, I've personally had my struggles with depression and anxiety over the last few years and seek professional help. And so I do, you know, stand at a point where I like, I do look at that and I think you're totally right there. Early this year, there was a challenge that went around on Instagram where blokes were, I can't remember exactly what they're doing, but they were sculling a beer, sculling a bourbon, doing a shot of uh, yeah. whatever yeah. it was. And they were saying it's all for Beyond Blue. And then Beyond Blue came out straight away and go, well, that's not mm. what we stand for. You go on Beyond mm. Blue's website, like, because mm. yeah. I've been on there numerous times mm. and it's mm. state, it states clear as day, like the relationship with depression and alcohol go hand in hand, mm. like, yeah, because alcohol is depressant. So, you know, you're, you're totally right. It's, it's lost its sense of um, importance to a sense because we've saturated it through narcissistic and egotistical, you know, if I post this on Instagram, people are going to see me doing it for mental health. Well, you got to know the ins and outs of it, mate. Yeah, like, 100%. Like, you don't know those who have been through it. like. Mm. And I guess like like Mitch was saying before, you know, back in the day, um, you know, we, we were convinced, I guess, or programmed to, to be workers and to keep on pushing. Um, and I feel like now even though – we are kind of moving away from that. We're still projecting that mindset, you know, keep powering on, keep pushing, keep doing this. But it's like, at what point are you allowed to stop? Mm. At what at what point are you allowed to really sit back and go, Yeah, man, I do feel shit. Mm. And like, you know, whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter. But it's like, you know, oh, fuck, I don't want to be there for my family right now because I, I need to be there for myself. Mm. It's like you, yeah, you have to sure. have that openness and willingness to to process things and I feel like we're not really taught um, and that probably does come from the fact that our parents and um, grandparents are from these generations where, you know, they didn't have time to process and you just had to go to work and and I don't feel like us as a generation are taught how to process things properly Um, and that's definitely a responsibility that we need to take upon ourselves, you know, forgive our parents for being the way they are Um, but, yeah, take the responsibility to really – reflect and mm. be vulnerable and, mm. and process that. And I do agree, like, especially for men, mm. man, it's, it's crazy. It's so crazy. And like, I appreciate you both so much and, and, and the, the men in our friend group as well, mm. that you guys are all very willing to be in touch with your emotions and, yeah. and process that sort of stuff. Cause it's so important. Yeah. So important. That's what makes us human, right? Mm. You know, is the ability to feel something like, <clears throat> You look at the, the emotional sensitivity and complexity we have as human beings, even even apes compared to other creatures. Like we're social beings, mm. you know. And as much as it's like owning your sov- sovereignty, trying to get the word right again, <laughs> you, get, you got it. it you it's got gonna, it. It's going to be in the Oxford Dictionary with uh, <laughs> with your <laughs> name next to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, lost my thought, but like. Yeah, as much as there are these external things that are happening to us, it's like that's also a reflection of the internal. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I remember watching a documentary. I was like 19. It was called Inner Worlds and Outer Worlds. And oh, it, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it shows like it doesn't end anywhere. Like everything is infinite. Like I always talk about like mathematics. You know, it's like a finite resource we use to develop things. Yeah. Like one of the most interesting aspects of mathematics is like pi ratio and like golden, mm. rate, which is these infinite things that the the more we develop awareness, the deeper we go. Mm. Like 
into the dark and into the light. Like yeah. you can't have the others without it. And you know, it's funny, like talking about like productivity and how like, yeah, like we're, we're, we don't really have the time to feel things, but it's like, if you have the time to process those things, you come back stronger. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've seen this countless times in myself when I've allowed myself to actually like be authentic and be like, this is what I'm going through. This is how I see the world. And like, I come out of it just like so inspired, like so energized. I'm like, fuck yeah. That's the F- first F bomb. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't I know. Like, it took us 10 minutes to get there. <laughs> it's, it's like music, you know, like one chord of a song or one lyric can just, you know, trigger something so hard. And it's like, as much as, yeah, I feel like, again, it is this internal thing. It's trying to build, like, this awareness that it's like, we are these humong beings, you know. We're yeah. these, like, monkeys and these fish that have evolved over millions of years. Like, you know, to, like, look at your hands and be like, that's a technology. You know, yeah. like, the shit I can do with my hands mm. is pretty freaking... I can play a guitar. I can, you know, climb a tree. I can, mm. you know, throw a ball, like... You know, like it, it's yeah, it's we are so phys- we're physical beings. And people go, I oh, gotta go, gotta go, get out in nature. You know, and, and and nature is evolution, is adaptation. It's like I always talk about. It's not right or wrong. It's more effective and efficient relative to what your dreams are. And yeah. I don't feel like we have a lot of time to nourish our dreams because, yeah, at a young age, I want to be a zoologist. Or I want to study monkeys. It's like. <laughs> You'll never get that, mate. You know, like you come from a middle class. Be a you know, lawyer. Like, you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's <laughs> yeah. these boxes we get put in. And, and, yeah, parents from the generation above us, I can understand in a sense as well, like why they are so forceful about us getting a career and getting yeah. it because they're so worried about us because they've gone through the recessions, you know, yeah. like they've, they've seen the struggle, like, and, and it's all a fear response for them. Do, you, is, do you think as well um, we're – you know, our, our job choices or our career paths are, are more open too. Like back then, you know, if you grew up in the 1960s and you said to someone, I want to be a zoologist, you'd be like, what's that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we've yeah. got heaps of different – because we're so exposed to stuff now, you know, we've got like David Attenborough and, and obviously he's been around for a while, but we've got all these nature documentaries, you've got Netflix, mm-hmm. you've got all these people that make small movies. It's like – We've really branched out into that creativeness and I feel like it's such a broad career spectrum now. Um, and obviously it still does come with the with the pushback. People are like, oh, you know, don't be creative because it's hard to get money that way and yeah, you can't support your sure. family if you're painting pictures. But yeah. yeah, you look it, at COVID and it's like mm, what's the one thing that got everyone through it? Yeah. The arts. Yeah, exactly. You know, music, painting, dance. Like, Amen. You know, amen. amen. You know, it's like, <laughs> music saved me through COVID. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. It's the it's the, it's the the arts that define a, a generation in a sense. Like, yeah, you, gentrification, right? Like when I lived in Melbourne, like I always loved North Fitzroy because it was like grungy and had like the art and the music and like the just the expression of people was just so raw. I was mm. like, man, this is sick. And and growing up as a kid in the hardcore scene, like meeting people with tattoos and just. You'd meet them, they're just like, hey, bro. You know, it's like, if I saw that dude in the street with the old perception. You would not be approaching them. Yeah, yeah. he's going to rip my throat out. But he's <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the raddest dude. Spot, yeah. He's so tough, he has tattoos <laughs> right up to his face. <laughs> Gentrification, it's like, here now we can commodify something. Yeah. You know, now we can, like, make this cool. Now we can make money off it. You know, the same thing's happening with veganism, you know, and mm. I'm not vegan anymore and it disappoints me, but 
It's the same thing. It's like now they can commodify it. Now it's popular. When it had its like rawness and it's and it's like the aspect of it was like the compassion and Purpose you know like yeah it wasn't a fad. Same thing with fad, mental yeah. health. Like I don't see a separation between mental health and physical health. Like mm. you look at you know was it like seventy five percent of the 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 your gut health produces your serotonin. Mm. So yeah, like you're saying, Two like, brains. you know, have a couple of beers to wind down. It's like all that gluten, all that, you know, wheat and shit, like that's making you more depressed, yeah. you know, but it's like, it's the culture around it, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, meat pie for lunch. Like, you know, you have salad, like fucking pussy. But it's like, if you eat the salad and you eat the, you know, the fresh fruit, you're going to charge, yeah. like you're going to go so hard and, and be in your masculine, whether you're a man or a woman, you know, like if you eat well, if you sleep well, you know, like, but it's just this weird culture. I don't. Do you think it know. comes down to the, the back what you were saying with the education too? You know, we're, we're made to to be a certain way, to do a certain thing, to to be productive. I think you know we're not taught about nutrition in in school, mm. and I feel like that's probably a massive one too. Like like you're saying that mind gut connection, and there's mm. books on it that I've read. And it's insane, you know. And I've been a massive advocate with people I know, and like you know, family members that have delved into being very unhealthy and making bad choices for themselves even with drugs and things like that. It's like you need to understand that what you're putting in is, is what you're going to get out and that goes for, for everything too. But I think, you know, it is a solid point that we're not we're not educated mm. properly yeah. and I think that's where that responsibility comes in to like further yourself. Um, you need to really, really take the time to, to understand what's good for you and what's good for you is going to be different to what's good for someone else as well. You know what 100%. I mean? And mm. that's just you taking the time, the taking the time to delve inwards. I mm. um, just want to quickly go back a little bit. I wasn't calling out anyone when I made that comment about the drinking challenge. Yeah. You know, I'm just stating, <laughs> I'm just stating that. Um, yeah, no. I, was just, I was just very frustrated by that challenge because at that point in time I was in a very dark place. But you know, mm. respect to them, they came from the right place but just executed. Um, you know, I, I think... Fuck, I just lost my train of thought then. Another <laughs> F-bomb. We've dropped like four in the last three minutes. Yeah, it's um, fine. need a little like, <laughs> thing that Bleep. things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> like going on the ed- education side of things, like I think, and, and, and delving inwards, like you can't, what I've personally learned from my experiences, you can go get all the help you can from external pressures or external influences, whether it be a psychologist, a teacher, a nutritionist, a dietitian, like shit. I live with a dietitian for no, a year and a half. And when I lived with her, like she helped, she tried to help me as much as she could get my diet on track, but I was the most overweight and miserable I'd ever been in my life. And I mm. lived with a dietitian. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? So like we can go out and get as much education as, or try to get as much education as we want. But at the end of the day, you're going to know what's best for you if you actually take that moment to step away from everything and take a moment to sit within yourself and within mm. like figure out, okay, what does make me happy? What, what do I want to learn? What do yeah. I... What's something within me that makes me feel like I'm my most authentic and my most self? Mm. It's definitely hard to do as well because I think mm. it's confronting. It's and yeah. and I think people don't want to be selfish too. Like we're, there's a lot of shame around being selfish, um, and I think obviously you know it's a tough topic because you've got to be selfish to kind of better yourself, but also there's a lot of negative connotation that comes with being selfish, where it's like it means you don't care about other people. Mm. But I feel like. You know, it, it is hard to go into yourself, like you're saying, and decide things that are good for yourself. But also, I think being honest with other people mm. helps with that too. And I guess that's why, you know, we're, we're building this sort of a, a platform through this podcast about talking about things because, 
you know, it's okay to be struggling and it's okay to go and get help and do all those things. But it's also okay to say to people like, man, I need some space. Like yeah. I just, so, mm. so I need boundaries. to do this. Yeah. yeah for sure. and, and it's not that you don't care about others. In a way, you're probably caring about them more because you're not putting yourself in a situation where you might be treating them badly or saying mm. bad things to them because you're processing stuff. But mm. I do think it is, yeah, finding that time to, I guess, yeah, you, I'll use the word again, be selfish and, and grow and learn and, um, yeah, just, just make that really, you know, it's a hard choice to be responsible mm. for yourself regardless mm. of the external influence and, and regardless of, you know, whatever society we've been brought up in. You know, you are your responsibility and mm. that sucks. It sucks mm. sometimes. You but know, I, I listened to this video. Um, a friend of mine, Sam, sent me this or sent our, um, our gym this video that it was Paul check interview, like getting interviewed on the phone. He was speaking to this young gentleman who was having some self-worth issues. Mm. And he sort of said to him, he's like, uh, I believe the gentleman's name might've been Jason. Let's just use Jason for the argument's sake. He's like, Jason, who else, who else is there to love you other than yourself? You know, like you've got to be able to love yourself in all aspects. Like you got to realize like you're the one that pulls yourself out of bed. You're the one that, you know, you're the one that wipes your own ass. You're the one that, um, other than your mum when you're growing up, shout out to all the mums that deal with the babies, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, but, like, you are. You, Paul Check goes on to say, he's like, we are we are the ones that we need to be able to love ourselves to the most because mm-hmm. by doing that, we then are able to express and share that love with those around us, especially those that might need it. But if you don't have that love, like you just said, if you're not in that yeah. safe space or you're not in that comfortable space within your heart, you're not going to be giving the best best of yourself to the next person that may mm. need it. And so yeah. by asserting those boundaries and by going, look, I, I, I need space, I need time mm. to really figure out what where it is that I sit on this or where I sit within myself, like mm. that is, is being selfish but in, in, in the most healthiest way possible yeah, because you 100%. are being considerate of the others and going, well, I may not be able to give you the support or the, or the empathy that you need. 100%. I'd like to ask the question too, probably to both of you too as well and, and to myself, where... Where do we start with loving yourself? Mm. It's probably the hardest one. You know, like, we, you know, a lot of us, everyone in this day and age was like, you know, you know, love yourself, you need to accept yourself. But, like, where do you start? Mm. It, you it's, know rough. it's a rough question. This is, like, just my knee-jerk response mm. because self-love is something that I've been trying to practice this year um, a lot of because it's something that I've struggled with a lot. And I've noticed that I've noticed a massive change within myself, A, from eating healthy but the most impact that I've had, um, thanks to a gentleman by the name of Jordan Potts, basically telling me to pull my head out of my ass, <laughs> is to is to start right, just start manifesting like things yeah. about yourself that you love, and not from a place of ego or a place of vanity, but like a place where you like you know what, I do love the fact that my eyes are blue, or I do love mm. the mm. fact that my you know I've got olive skin thanks to my mum's heritage, or you know. Just writing little things down that, so when you do look in the mirror, you do start to appreciate yourself more. And, like, I notice a massive change within myself, um, you know, that I do something. Like, I never used to look in the mirror and like who I saw. I was miserable yeah. with who I saw. Mm. You do you know? feel like writing writing the stuff down helps Big more time. so than just saying it? Yeah. Big mm. time. When you put pen to paper, there's something powerful about writing something down. Like, mm. when you write a letter to someone that you love or you care about, like, mm. the emotion that goes into that letter mm. and the when you see the words hit that paper – carries a lot more weight to it. Mm. 100%. I feel like you've got to be it's I feel like probably because you have to be specific. You know what yeah, I mean? Like definitely. you can talk and you can have conversation, you can you can go around in circles, but when you're writing something it, it's it's 
Especially because it's it's there, Definite, you it's, know. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it's there. Like that yeah. that person or the, whoever is reading that note can reread that yeah, and, and can get quantify what's happening. Correct, and side. they can they can deconstruct every single word you write. And so that's why, like, if you do it for yourself, to, especially to the point of self love, and you write down things that you do love about yourself, or you love about your environment, or you love about your current situation, that you do then send you start to see like this uh, attitude of gratitude rather than an attitude of scarcity and I need mm. more or comparison, you know? And you can't lie. You yeah. can't lie on paper. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So that's where I think. What about you, Mitch? What do you reckon? In terms of like where does it like start? Where, where, yeah, mm. where do you think it starts with like self-love and practising it? Or where would you – I guess a better question is where would you start? Yeah. Yeah. Breathwork. I don't know. Nice. Like, yeah. Nice. As a – hmm. Hmm. Well, well explain to us why that was your knee-jerk response with breath work. Well, my knee-jerk response was drugs. I'm like, no, Because <laughs> oh, it's been that, you know. It's like if you're going yeah. through shit, it's like just numb out. Yeah. And that's, you know, Hoping a process I've, I've developed. I, I've definitely been guilty of that. Mm, you know? Me too. I, me too. Again, I remember seeing a counsellor at a young age and all this sort of stuff and revisiting all this trauma and just being like, fuck, man, like I actually want to like, get through this like and that was always my question was the same sort of thing like how do i do the work everyone's like mm. just trust the process i'm like how, how can how i trust you? it if like, i don't know how to i'm just start. thinking you know like this crazy little monkey brain is like hey. but i did breath work like years ago and it wasn't it was just learning how to move my diaphragm mm. being you know vocalist in a band stuff i had some awareness but some this guy his name's body bodhi Whitaker, and he he runs this like uh breathe project mm. going around to schools teaching kids how to breathe and i remember him like my yogic teacher training like learning about the breath and i do feel like it's the one thing that sinks our subconscious and our conscious mind together you know like i was up in a tree the other day like freaking out you know and it's like i'm gonna die i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that i'm not a man enough and it's like just breathe and it's like i don't even have time to think because i'm just so focused on my body Mm. You know, and it's like love is a dark and a bright thing at the same time. So I feel like just being present is that. Like if everything is love, then why do we perceive, like why are you guys having this conversation and starting this narrative around darkness and sensitivity? And, you know, it's like in my mind, the more darkness I can experience in relation to that, the more positivity and the deeper that sense of love is going to be. Like mm. if I can put myself out and just be like, I'm fucked. You know what I mean? Someone be like, yeah, it's all good. I'm like, Oh, hang on a minute. Like I'm used to like being shamed and, you know, told I'm too sensitive and this and that. But someone's like, no man, like, you know, what do you want to do about it? It's like, Whoa, like you actually want to help, like help me mm. like come to my own conclusion. And, and right, rather than the, the generic, mate, you'll be fine. You, yeah. Like, suck, suck it up. It up you'll you know, be fine. Like, have yeah. a beer or, you know, things will be right. It's like, well, Nah, like things are fucked and, and, you know, I've been to men's groups and, and to see an environment where openly they could just that, you know, like I remember one guy, like I went to this first session with this incredible friend I had um, and it was so moving. He sat there and he's just fuck, like just so primal mm. and he was like a 40, 50 year old male and then he just went. You know, just this and that and this and work and this prick's trying to rip me off. And I'm like, fuck, man, like I feel for you. Mm. I felt a lot like 
at least in my upbringing, that like men got shamed for like working hard and not being there for the family. And it's like, I get it, you know, because you need the emotions there. But it's like, we've had to do that, you know, like to yeah. survive, you know, like to get by and to have an environment where men could just blurt out, you know, and have no one being like, oh, you need to do this. Mm. This is your advice. It's like, how do you feel? Like, what do you want from this? And any book I've read, you know, the one book I've read on psychology is it's like creating an environment where someone feels safe to, like, navigate their own psyche, you know. Because yeah. that's what music is, you know. That's what art is. It's it's all just a space to just navigate and move through what you're going through. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a process. I feel like there's a lot of people that want a quick fix now and that's probably why, you know, when you spoke about the first thing you wanted, you wanted to say was drugs because it's like, it's there, you know, and mm. it's oh. a quick fix. And people, mm. we want it like you, exactly like you said, you want to numb out. Yeah. Well, someone and gets drunk and like says something and they go, oh, I'm just, I was just drunk. It's yeah, like, it's an excuse. It was a catalyst. You mm. know, like alcohol has been used in a way to help people like just get rid of their barriers. So that aspect of it I can see. And, and, and with drugs, like it pisses me off that psychedelics are called drugs. You know, like they're still a product of nature. You know, mm. and like, yes, we have to be careful with this. The same as you have to be careful if you go see a psychologist, you know, and, and that's why we have to have all these layers of training and things involved so we make sure that people are coming from a place of love. Yeah. Well, it was, it, uh, like touching on drugs, I guess, um, you know, as we've all said, we've all, we've all been there. Um, and I guess when it does come to healing yourself or trying to make yourself feel better, it is a go-to um, choice to make in this society. Um, but I do think... Like you're saying, like it, it, it's sad that psychedelics are called drugs. Um, I'm a bit I'm an R with them, yeah, because yeah, for sure. I find myself being a bit of a sponge brain. So it's like <laughs> when I when I put myself in those um, psychedelic states, when I have done before, I've had some I've had some bad times. But I know mm. as well that it's dependent on my mindset. And I know through having friends that have um, you know gone through drug psychosis or are still going through drug psychosis, drugs aren't all bad, but the mindset you have when you take them. Yeah, can be bad, yeah, and sure. if that's your choice, um, like you said, just education and, and, and knowing you got to go in with some wariness of being like this could go sour. Uh, but I think like this day and age as well, and like correct me if I'm wrong, the um, the relationship that we as young adults have around drugs is toxic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I remember when I was like. 14, 15, that, like, you'd smoke a joint and it'd be like, holy shit, man, you got weed? Like, you're crazy. But, like, you know, I'm, I'm 27 now and, like, you go out and people are like, are we getting a bag? Are we getting this? Are we getting that? And it's, like, it's so common for so much – it's for access to so many recreational drugs yeah. that, like, there's, so, like, so many of my friends or, you know, friends of mine that I know of, people that I know of are just that deep in it. And denial, like shit, I was in denial for years. I was addicted to cocaine and weed for the last two years. Mm. I can I can openly say it now because I've moved past this addiction. But like, it was heavy, and like yeah. I, I've only realised it now. And I, I see my friends going through it, and just to try be there and help them navigate it without you know giving any judgment because it's like well I can't judge you because I was there. Yeah, you and know? I think like, there I, is already shame around as much as we all enjoy doing mm, drugs and getting mm. high, and you know it's this real fun culture. Where it's like, oh, I don't give a fuck, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna have fun and be spontaneous. But it's yeah. like, I know 
it doesn't matter who you are, if you're doing drugs or you've done drugs, there's already shame there yeah, because 100%. it's legal. Like regardless yeah. of if, it's, if we think it should be illegal or not, yeah, it's yeah. like you're doing something that you know yeah. you could get in I'm trouble 39. for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much shame. Like, mm. yeah. And that's already like us, and that's that's why I think if, if you're doing drugs and someone questions you about it or is like, oh, man, maybe that's not the best choice, you're like, whoa, get off my back. Like, yeah. I know I've what got, I'm doing. I've, I've got a problem, man. I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. because it's like yeah. you, you, there's some part of you, even if it's only small, that is like, this isn't the way to go. It wouldn't surprise me right now. And if you're one of these people, like, there's no judgment on our end. There's probably someone listening right now going, oh, fuck you guys, like. Don't tell me not to don't, have a don't, bong. Don't, yeah, don't tell me. <laughs> I'm having one right now listening again, to this. Like, I feel if you like are, good on you, man. Like, enjoy the rest of the conversation. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I just personally think, like, the way that drugs have been um, portrayed through movies or through yeah. TV shows, especially yeah. through fucking music, like, mm-hmm. don't, oh, man. Yeah. Like, some of these modern rappers <laughs> piss me off. To the fact that, like, the, the generation is just so, like, next generation of kids just have... But again, it's the environment. It's so normalised yeah. to it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's like, the drug addict is the probably the most traumatised person. Mm. And they've found a way to not feel their pain. Yeah. And this I, guy, I, Gabe Yamate, and he talks about this so much. He's like, again, like, you look at the culture around drugs in the US and Australia. If you're caught with drugs, you get put in jail and you're punished. Mm. You're already going through shit. That's why you're turning to them because mm. you've found no other hope, you know? And it's like, I think it was Sweden or Switzerland, they tried it. Like if you were like addicted to methamphetamines, you actually put put in rehab. You're yeah. given care and support. And they had to start like shutting down prisons because people weren't reconvicting. Yeah. And you see it, like the, the cases of people who reconvict after like a, a, um, being convicted for drugs, it's so high. Yeah. Because they come from broken homes where they haven't had, you know, a dual parent household and had the support and the love and the care. And then they go to school and they act out and it's like, you're a bad kid. Everything's wrong with you. It's like, hang on a minute. I was one of those kids. Like Mm. my parents divorced when I was young and it fucked me up. Yeah. And I understand the circumstances of why that happened now. And it's given me peace of mind. But I was, you know, you're another Parkinson boy, you know, like, you're, yeah. you know, just already preempting I'm going to be a fuck up. Mm. And I have one teacher who believed in me, my music teacher. And even when I think about it, I want to well up because she was like, I wanted to be a singer in a fucking heavy metal band. Everyone's was like, why would you want to do that? Yeah. Yes, you can do it, Mitch. And the experiences I had sharing my story with kids, <sighs> so moving. So mm. fucking moving to just put myself out on a plate with, you know, I had fucking, oh, the dudes I did it with were incredible. And to have that environment where we could just share ourselves mm. and connect with someone, I was like, this is what being human's about. Like, mm. just being open and being like, yeah, I'm fucked up. Like, I'm struggling, you know? Like, yeah, I turn to drugs because I'm turning to it to relax, to, to, to give my mind some peace, like some peace, because I can't find it anywhere else. Because yeah. everyone's like, "You gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta mm. do this." Like, I'd like, I'd like to touch on that too. Like how you said before, um, a lot of these people that do drugs are from, you know, they're going through trauma. trauma. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. Like, you know, it's scientifically proven now. If, if you've had a traumatic childhood, you're more susceptible to addiction. 100%. You're more susceptible to drugs. Yeah, mm. because it's a now, and you know what? Too, it's like a lot of the time, like from my own personal experience, it's like obviously having a really rough childhood. It's like. Yeah, I I knew at the time that I had started smoking weed and taking drugs that it wasn't the best, but it's like it is a, it, it you're relaxed. 
Mm. And I think the people that you surround yourself with, more specifically with smoking weed, like, you know, a lot of the time, in my case, you know, we hung out, hang out with people that play music and, you know, mm. oh, let's get high and go for a run <laughs> on the beach or go swimming or, you know, it's like we did things which also helped with that relaxed state and having mm. fun, but it's like you connected with people that were probably very similar to you and understood when you felt like nobody else kind of did. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that, you know, you all the drugs together and <laughs> we're all kind of in a stage now. Where all those people we knew that were doing them, we're all going through the same thing. We're all coming out of it. So that's a good thing. But yeah, it is, it is a solid point to make that What's physical it's not pain? bad. Yeah. yeah it's 100%. like, don't beat yourself up if you're in that state or you've been through that state and, you know, you, you have been um, addicted to, you know, whether it, even if it's not drugs, addicted to something. Anything. Like it, it, it's okay. Mm. And I think if you have had a hard life, it doesn't matter how or why or, or what's happened, it's like there is another side to it. And, yeah, dr- drugs aren't always the answer, but, you know, I think we can all say at some point they have, I guess, helped even just to open us up and be like, oh, I'm on the wrong track here. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like I, truth be told, I played basketball on Tuesday night, uh, got home late, and I smoked a couple bit like couple puffs of a joint, you know, because mm. I wanted to go to bed. My endorphins were going mad from playing basketball late at night, and from doing that, like I had a really positive revelation in my like when I went and tried to go to bed in my state of you know my high. Mm. It made me realize a lot of shame that I've been carrying, you know, over over my life and where and where it stemmed from. Where it's it's a revelation that I've been trying to figure out for ages. So there's definitely mm. a positive impact that drugs can have. Um, I think what I was trying to say before is like it's just the way that the world has normalized it and the way the world has portrayed drugs has put well, yeah, them in a bad light because there is positive there is definitely yeah. positive ways you can use drugs. We're in well, limbo at the moment too, I reckon, because like especially like we're we're in Australia and it's in every drug is illegal. Mm. And I feel like it's definitely hard. Like like we were saying before about the rappers and things like that where you know, they're talking about or or singing about drugs and across the world, you know, Weed especially. It's legal in so many places. So it's like the mindset and the culture. Yeah. yeah. The mindset and the culture around that. It's like, yeah, hey, it's fine now. Mm. But we're still living in our own little pocket in the world where it's like, no, doesn't matter what they're doing. Yeah. It's still illegal here. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does it does depend on where you are and depend on what you're well, doing. How do you classify them? Why like alcohol is is a drug. You know? Coffee is one like, of the worst ones. Fast yeah. food, sugar, like affects your brain the same as cocaine. But it's like, oh, that's fine. You know what I mean? It's like they put these pictures on the cigarette packets and like causes cancer. But it's like, hang on a minute. You can't have pot because it gives you this and that. But you can have this product, which is sh- surely going to fucking kill you. Yeah. You know, like alcohol is going to make you violent. Like mm. not always, but it has a high statistical like um, – I don't know what the word is, but when do you see someone smoke a joint and want to punch someone out? Yeah. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, my frustration, even on the topic of marijuana, is, like, the fact it has been made illegal, you get all these street products coming out. Yeah. You know, like, cocaine, you know, like, I'm not saying cocaine's good for you, but you look at what planet comes from, and in those cultures, they use it as a medicine. Yeah. But then it, you know, it comes to the Western world and it's mixed with all these gnarly products that now, it's, yeah, it's bad for you. Like when you look at the THC content in marijuana now, it's insane, mm. you know, and CBD is one of like 
the, the better products to have if you have got mental health issues, mm. you know? And it's like, but we don't have this culture around that. It's not like you go to your drug dealer and you're like, I'm anxious. And he's like, we'll have this strain. Yeah. You know, it's like, just give me the hardest, gnarliest shit. And we have that culture around drugs in Australia mm. because we're trying, I personally feel we're trying so hard to escape this reality because it doesn't nourish our spirit. No, it doesn't. Mm. Five days a week, going to a job and then you get two days mm. You know, and it's like, that's yeah, why we stay if, up late because we have no other way to like express all these other emotions we feel. Yeah. It's like, well, let's just go get fucked up. Mm. And yeah, you, you, I've still had amazing experiences when I've been under the heavy influence of drugs. And some of those drugs have turned around and been like, I would much rather, and I'm not condoning the use of drugs, but have this rather than 12 beers mm. because I feel incredible and i'm like well how can i feel this more naturally like how how can i like with foods like how can i eat more whole foods like how Mm. can i have more wholesome experiences from these these chemicals like we went and did a breathwork session a few weeks ago Mm. and i tripped out like my body went into these crazy convulsions and stuff and it's like that's not a hallucination Mm. my body has this mechanism to help me i don't know like go inward and like assess things and, and feel differently. And I have had some strong psychedelics and it was so reminiscent of that state. Yeah. Which when I'd had them, I was so anxious because of like you guys are saying, the culture around drugs, you know, and even when I tell my parents like, oh my God, I'm like, I actually felt the most I had in my heart in like 15 years. I remember sitting on this beach just being like a kid again, like mm. not in a kid of like not knowing how to wipe my bum, but just <laughs> whole, like mm. my in- in- inquisitivity was back, you do, know, my you, awareness. I was just like, whoa, the world's insane, you know. Do you think being able to achieve that state pretty quickly through drugs is what makes people addicted to them? Because it takes away the work, it takes away the – I'm just trying to be like, I don't know, I guess the other side yeah, of the argument sure. where it's like – We don't have to have – Narcotics. Yeah, like you're saying with the breath work and there are other ways to do it, but I guess... Like if you go have ayahuasca, you don't just have ayahuasca. Mm. You know, like you have a daita and you have to like, you know, cleanse your body and prepare yourself for it, like mentally. And some people will say like, you know, the only reason you do that is so your stomach doesn't froth up because of the, the MOA inhibitors and whatnot. But I feel like on a mental level, when you fast, when you cleanse yourself of these other products you use to numb yourself out, like the food coma, you know, yeah. it's like, that's actually so bad for you. Mm. Like, you're numbing your whole system out that you have no more energy. You have you're to digesting. sloth on a couch to digest. Yeah. You should feel energized after you eat. It's the fuel for the, you know, that nourishes your, your body. Like, so yeah, hundred, and I think it's all in comparison to the culture we live in. It's so, it's, it's so difficult to feel anything that it's like, that's the only avenue we have now in some ways because people don't want to follow the church anymore. Yeah. Because they're seeing, not again, I have no qualms with faith and religion. Like I think it is so important to someone's psyche, but the organized aspects of it and that, like, and we've had like real deep chats about this, like the institutionalized side of it. Definitely. Because a little fact is Ailish and I actually met at a youth group. 
back yes. when we were young. Um, Little babies. <laughs> I do. I am a, a man of faith, and I believe Ailish still has. Yes, has we, her faith. we prayed. We did pray, pray before just we started. Before this. <laughs> like at the same time, like we respect every single other person's belief because, yeah, like Mitch just said, you know, every, everyone is entitled to faith and, and, and hope and belief, and like mm. whatever you find that in, like you're entitled to that. Yeah, you don't it's need that. To push it's, it down it's, I guess it's that identification thing. It's like we. You know, I know you're a man of of faith. I know we all are as mm. people in our own way, and yeah. it's like we don't attach ourselves to a certain construct or a certain identity. Well, like like Mitch was just saying, we have conversations about this the whole time, like the institutionalized form of religion, and I think that is what's caused a lot of rifts. And we have this discussion a lot, a lot of rifts within you know the world is mm. like religion. There's still religious wars going on now that've been going on for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. Like, yeah, and. It's what it's all for power, like. But all religions come back to love, and so mm. that's why, like, when we say like whatever belief you have, whatever faith you have, like, it all stems back to love. And I think, you know, that's what we as humans search for: is we want to feel love, we want to feel connection. Mm. You know, and mm. that that takes it back. To, like, you got to love yourself and figure out what it is within yourself that you love, because we all have divine power and divine energy within us. Yeah, we just got to figure out how we can access it. Was that that Joe Rogan podcast talking about the realm of psychedelics in the use of, like? old christianity Mm. like when did it shift from using these um these plant medicines as a tool to navigate these spaces because i feel like that's what it like even the breath work is it's like i had the revelation of like this is a tool to navigate my trauma Mm. you know this is a tool to actually like be in my body and i'd even done you know um, like a vipassana i I did two separate 10-day sits and, and on my first sit i remember like on the last night, like having the same thing, like all this trauma, like in my body. And I was like, wow, like, yes, you can use psychedelics. Yes, you don't have to because, you know, maybe it's just relative to what environment you're in. Mm. You know, like what psychedelics different indigenous cultures have used have been relative to their environment, you know, like. It's stripping away the ego too. I think when you're in those those states of breath work and, and – you know, those 10-day silence and even with when you're taking psychedelics, it's like you're breaking down those barriers that are holding all that stuff in. Mm. And I guess that's where the power of of these experiences come from. It's like you putting yourself in a different mindset to what you're kind of acting in or, or being in every day and, and that's what wakes you up in yeah. a way. You know, when people say, oh, I had a revelation when I was doing this or, you know, I experienced yeah. this when I was doing this and it's like – all you're doing is coming out of your mold a little bit. Mm. And it's like, oh, hello, there's something else under here that I, I haven't really thought about or I haven't dealt with. So it is important to, yeah, open yourself up. And I guess, you know, that, you know, we're using drugs in the society probably to do that without even realizing. But like you say, it's, it's, there's plenty of other ways you can do it. Um, and that's probably why meditation nowadays is massive too. Because mm. it's like, you know, you, you're not quieting the mind, but you're just becoming a bit more mindful. About you're working what in. thoughts are well, it's coming in. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, just mindfulness. Work. When you do for Pashna, it's, it's literally ten days of just observing your breath, and you're mm. like, "This is, you know, all the ego thing comes in. Like, what about this? And what about that? And why can't I do this? And it's like, Jordan, when we did the, the, the breath work, the breath work, he said, like, breath work is meditation. It's like, mm. yeah, dude, like, hundred percent. Like, it's it's a tool. Like, I don't know, Wim Hof, like all these people that can do these amazing things just with breathing. You know, like the DMT really, all this stuff, like it's it's so fascinating and, and I feel like 
my mind always goes into this like dark realm of like conspiracy theories and all this sort of stuff because I've felt lied to my whole life. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like with religion was a massive one, you know, to hear these stories and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, nah. you know, the sand is not real and this and that. And you're like, what? Like, mm. what? You know, like, Dude, I got my- a photo with him at the plaza yesterday. He's a good boy. <laughs> yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> he even let me bring my dog with me. Yeah, <laughs> what a good boy. And yeah, I don't know. I just I, f- I find it so fascinating that drugs are drugs, you know, and it's like all these other things aren't drugs. But it's like how addictive is fast food? Oh man, you know, sugar. Like, they they the know white pow pow. marketing <laughs> like they know how to like stimulate the the body in a way to get a reaction out of mm. it. Do you know what I mean? Like even if you study like art or something like that and you learn about like primary colors and why all fast food chains are primary colors and mm. what mental reaction we get from that it's like man that's fucked up like, we're susceptible like, yeah like people who run these these companies they don't allow their kids to eat these foods no, people right. that run these technology companies they don't allow their kids to use the products it's like <laughs> yeah surely why? they are the most educated on the the health complications of those products than you know, like, I don't know. I so, guess bringing it back to, like, the self-love thing too. I was going to say, let's, yeah. like, we've, we've touched on drugs now and its effect on, you know, us trying to seek, um, you know, uh, whether we're hiding from trauma or we're numbing ourselves from external pressures. Like, let's let's bring this back to, okay, so how can we, as, as humans, start to realise or, or figure out tools or ways or strategies in which we can delve into our authenticity and, and, and figure out exactly what it is that makes us happy, you know, because like, obviously like we can all say right here at this table that we still recreationally every now and again, we'll smoke a joint or whatever it may be. Mm. Um, obviously we, I'm having a beer right now, <laughs> you know, to take the edge off, you know? Yeah. But what can we do as humans right now to feel comfortable having conversations like this with randoms or like, and, and then also just like delving deeper within ourselves? I think it's it's honesty. Like if we go back to that question of like what can you yeah, what can you do right now to start that journey of self-love? You know, we had breath work, we had we had you know having gratitude and being grateful. I think honesty is a massive one. Yeah. And there's so many different levels to that. Like you know, we have we have a hundred thousand different versions of ourselves everywhere. You know, you've got you who you think you are. You've got you who you think your mum thinks you are. <laughs> you at work. You at a wedding. You at a funeral. Oh. You know, there's a hundred thousand yous, and it's like you only know the you by yeah. yourself. You and it's like you need to be honest. And I think this is the hardest thing. And 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 everyone kind of thinks, oh, you know, it's it's hard to be honest with other people, but it's it's the hardest to be honest with yourself. Yeah. And I think. In the grand scheme of things, the biggest thing that's helped me personally is like being really honest with the fact that I don't know anything. It's like (laughs) I don't know anything apart from things that I've learned or things that I've done. You know, it's like it's all a it's all a not an egotistical experience, but it's all Mm. subjective, I guess. You know, it's like I feel I think I do this and it's like being able to be accepting of that allows you to then be accepting of other people's truths as well. And I think mm. that allows you to then connect and work through stuff. Do you, speaking of just going back on what you said, like our truth, um, do you feel that the way society is now, like, because we are like, I've just finished reading Brene Brown's Daring Greatly, mm. a book about vulnerability and courage. 
Um, and it speaks a lot about shame culture, which is something that Mitch touched on earlier, which is something that I do believe that we live in in this world. Like, do you believe that the shame culture that is, that is surround, like we're surrounded by um, drives people to like switch off from who they really are? Yes and no. So I would say like everyone's going to feel shame at some point in their life. Like we make mistakes, whatever. Like you're allowed to feel guilty. Um, do, you, do you think that the, the shame is the reason why some people have lost that honesty? within themselves and within others. Yeah, shame and judgment. Because I think that a lot of people don't want to be wrong and that probably goes back to what I was saying about like, I don't know anything. No one really knows anything. You know, it's like people will tell you they know stuff, but they don't. It's like our whole society itself, you know, a big part of society is based on like science and getting to know your brain and getting to know your body. But it's like science in itself is like, they live on the edge of every truth, you know what I mean? It's like mm. they're always experiencing, they're always proving themselves wrong, and that's the fun of it. It's like mm. we really don't know shit, and it's the problem is with our society, and I think, you know, when, when people try, as you're saying, like move away from their authentic selves or hide their authentic self or or refuse to get to know themselves is because it's hard to understand that no one really knows the right way to live life or the right way to do things. And I think when you tell someone else or you talk to someone else and maybe your opinion on stuff is different to theirs, you automatically feel like inferior. That or- was, was going to be my next question. Do you believe that like, like, cause I know for a fact that like, I keep my opinions to myself. Mm. Out, I'm out- the opposite. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm starting, like the thing is I'm starting to learn how to speak more about my opinions, but I'm like, I'm trying to make sure I'm more knowledgeable mm. about where I stand on opinions. And unless I have a, you know, a, it's a good understanding of it, I don't want to speak speak it because it may not be, it might not be my truth. I might just be saying it for an idiotic reaction. But like, I know, for example, my dad, God bless his heart. He just <laughs> bloody posts on Facebook, whatever he sees, you know, and yeah. he, he blasts his opinion out without any educational backing. Mm. And I got kicked out of home for telling you, like calling him out on it. But I'm like, mate, you, you you post some bullshit, man. Like learn learn what you, you're posting so that if something comes yeah. up, you know. But I feel like, you know, shame of like being shamed for having an opinion causes people to go, oh, well, maybe my opinion isn't right. Maybe I need to, you know, yeah. they, then fit, they fit to a mold of something. That. They fit to a mold of what society wants them to think and feel is, is the right truth rather than their own truth. There's definitely two sides. Like if you're someone that speaks about your opinion, which I think everyone should be able to do, you know what I mean? Like there's, really? there's a way to converse with people that's, you don't have to get defensive or you don't have to attack. So it's the same thing like with anything. If you talk to someone and it's a taboo subject or even if you're just talking about like anything, like work or whatever, it's like people are going to disagree with you. And I think talking... That's all right. That's, all right. That's fine. Yeah. And I, but I feel like just from observation, I guess, you know, working in hospo for too long, it's... <laughs> You see people and you even even kind of hear people at tables or whatever or, or within co-workers having conversations and it's, oh, well, I don't think like that. Why do you think like that? And it's like people are trying to change their opinions or someone else's opinion all the time because they can't just accept that someone else is different. Has a different view, yeah. Yeah, but, but and you know, there is a thing that's like, oh, you keep your opinions to yourself and like, okay, I, I do, in some cases, that might be right, um, but... I do believe that we should be able to talk about stuff healthily, but it does come with consequences. Like, you know, I've lived my whole life being someone that's been quite outspoken and people are like, oh, you're a bitch or like you're up front and it's confronting. And I'm like, well, I'm not attacking you. And like I I 
I speak in a way that sometimes is quite forceful, but I'm very aware of that. And I guess I choose who I speak to about certain topics mm. that I'm passionate about. But I have been put in this box. Um, and recently in the last year, I have become quite quiet because, you know, I'm, I'm honest and I'm outspoken and I, I like talking to people about things. And I like having constructive conversations where people are allowed to talk about their opinions and they're not judged for it. Yeah. But people are like, no, oh, you know... I just don't really like talking to you because you ask too many questions and, you know, I just want to be able to say something and not have to actually think about it. But mm. I think that probably comes down to just, yeah, obviously picking your conversations with people but also being able to have conversations with anyone about anything and accepting that they're kind of just like you. They just might think a little bit differently. And this is the total uh, mission of this podcast really, isn't it? Mm. Mm. You know, have those conversations where there's no judgment, there's yeah. no shame. There's like you can come on here with your opinion and know that everyone's here to listen and, and learn. Like we're here to learn yeah. and own it. Like yeah. in the in the men's group, I remember there was one rule that was set: we don't give advice and we use eye language. And I remember from that day, like I've been working really hard to try and own that stuff. It's like I feel like this because this is my trigger, not. You made me feel like mm. this because you did this. And when I've been able to do that, I've gone, oh, this thing happened to me. I didn't know how to deal with it. And this is how I responded. This is how I adapted. That's huge. You know, yeah. and I feel like that's the thing now. I was like, we had this chat the other night. I was like, why do you feel guilty for how someone else feels? Yeah. If you're just being authentic, like, that's their trigger too, like, you know, in Buddhism, they talk about that, like the anger is already within you. Mm. And I feel that way. Like if I'm okay with something, I don't get pissed off. Yeah. You know, if like if someone cheated on me and it's like, it's like, well, that's your loss, you know, like why did yeah. you feel the need to do that? You know, like you don't feel worthy of me, you know, like that's your issue. Like how can I support you? Like how can I help you navigate that, you know? And because I've been an asshole in the past and put my blame on others and, you know, with my parents, like, you did this and you did that. And it's natural, I didn't yeah. have this and it's like, well, at the same time, when I step back, I'm like, fuck, like, you guys had it hard too, you know? Like, mm. you guys were just seeking what I'm seeking is the space to just be open and just own our shit. And that's the thing that probably frustrates me the most is, you know, like, I want to see people own their shit more. You yeah. Know, and be like, I get triggered. because, And, it, again, it comes back to, like, what we – first started talking about is that fear of the unknown or that fear of that darkness because it's not normal yeah you know like i remember years ago like this this good friend of mine who you know he's not here anymore um he taught me that i broke up with someone who was so dear to me he turned around he's like well what did you do what Mm. were you thinking and it was like whoa like I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel this. I didn't feel that. I'm like, oh my God, like I am actually God. <laughs> Bow to me in the sense of like, I create everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, like if I can be conscious enough, it's like, oh, that tiny little thought here, put this in motion and that, that happened. And then this is all here. Is it like, I actually screenshotted something. I don't know where I've put my phone, but I literally <laughs> read just before you recorded this and it was like, rather than it being like, you hurt me, it's like, I now have this opportunity to address my hurt kind of thing. Like, I don't know. It was really interesting to see like how it can be reframed to be like, I created this, you know, because like, you know, good mate Chaz, like he got Mm. me onto this book and it talks about 
your reticulating activating system, which is like this, the RAS, this thing in your brain brain that like takes on board all your subconscious thoughts and values and beliefs and morals and sends those signals to your nervous system to seek that pattern. Like Mm. we are pattern recognition animals. That's why we, we see colors so well and why we see patterns because as tree dwelling apes, we had to because snakes and stuff were our prey. And that's how we work. You know, I said it at the start, like it's you got to see it to believe it. you got to believe it to see it. And it's like I've had so many relationships where I've gone in with all my fear and then the one thing that I didn't want to happen the whole time happens because yeah. it's like that's well, – You're manifesting it, right? Exactly. It's yeah. my core belief is like I'm not good enough. I'm not valuable enough. I'm not masculine enough. And it's like I just keep getting all these triggers and it's like I'm the only person to blame at the end of the day. Yeah, it is that self-awareness of just like – and, and I guess there's there's going to be a fair bit of pushback with, you know, we use the term manifest and we use the fact that we create our own reality and some people are like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, do you buy crystals as well? Like, people think it's a real hippie thing. It's like, I don't manifest my reality. It's like, my life has been shit and I didn't do that. But it, it it's more so like, I guess, you don't control your, in my belief anyway, it's like you don't control your outside stuff. But like no. you say, you control how you... React. React to it. Yeah. And I think that eye language you're talking about is so important. And I remember learning that really quite young when my dad passed away. It was like a thing. It's like if you have a problem with someone or you have a problem with something in your life, use I. It's never mm. you. Like you mm. did this. Mm. Exactly yeah, as you sure. said. Like It's like I feel this way because of something you did. Regardless of if you meant it that way or not, this not is now you, how I feel. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. someone says like, oh, okay, well, I didn't mean to do that. Or like that's not what I meant by it. Yeah. And then you go – okay, that's something I have to deal with, exactly as you say, which is it's so massive that yeah. you do that because yeah. it's so uncommon. You mm. know, people are like, oh, my work's shit, so my life is shit. It's like this happened to my parents and now I'm feeling shit because of it. It's like it's mm. all just – but it's a, that's a real victim mindset. You know what I mean? And we, yeah, that's it's a victim mindset. It's like sure. buy yourself another beer at the self-pity party yeah, because yeah. it's that's where you're going to sit for the rest of your life if that's it's hard though because oh, at the same token hard. with parenting and that, like the shame culture around that, you know, like the kids acting out or, or, or screaming. It's like they need physical connection. They mm. don't have the centers in their brain yet to like feel someone in their heart. It's like they have to be held. Yeah. You know, when you look at native cultures around the world, that's how they parent. And I think there's something to really take on board from that. Because again, it's like you get put in the naughty corner or done this and done that. It's like I've seen it so many times where mm. kids are like, so upset and yeah they've they've acted out and they've misbehaved and their parents are like no nah, nah, no love you know like no none of this none of that it's like man like my nephew like bless his heart like anytime me and him don't agree on something of what we want to do i'm like well do you know why i want us to do this it's like yesterday when he was over yeah you <laughs> know it's like and i try and really hold the space to just be like I can teach you something now, you know, mm. like why we share or, or like, you know, why you be, you know, behaved for your parents. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but also give him the, the, cause he's so smart. Like, God, he's going to, and he's so cute. Build rocket ships <laughs> or something, so you know, but it's like, and I see his brain just go like, yeah. he's like, and then he says the same thing back. He's like, Oh, this is why we do it. I'm like, yes, dude. Like, yeah. and he learned something, you know, rather than me just being like, you need to do that. And I get it. Like sometimes with parenting, there just has to be like, same with like, I love dogs. And sometimes with a dog, you just have to like pin its head on the ground. Cause it's like, 
that's how they know, like, yeah. they've done wrong. You know, you're still, like, the one that, like, kind of, like, your leads leader. the pack, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. it's hard. Well, There's different are. dynamics <laughs> that, to it, I guess. It is. It's like you've got to be able to teach kids to be expressive. Like, you don't want to shun their opinion. If they're sad about something, they should be able to talk about it. And then it, there is that level of, like, there needs to be some sort of, like, not punishment, but, like, if they do something wrong, you need to explain why. You need to address it. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and and it's, like, it's because you carry that, like we're saying, into your adult life where it's, like, or, like, you know, if you constantly tell a kid, like, if they're freaking out or they're having a hissy fit or whatever, and it's, like, you're, like, yeah, oh, shut up, get in the corner. It's, like, the same thing will happen in their adult life. Isn't it? They'll feel something and they'll suppress it. They'll because nobody, down. Yeah, yeah, and... and, mm. and that's a whole world of disaster in the adult yeah. world because no yeah. one's going to be like, hey, go sit in the naughty corner. It's yeah. like you put yourself there and then, you know, seven yeah. months later you're like, fuck, you why you're am I here? Yeah. yeah. You I'm not worth person. anything. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You're stuck in that victim archetype. And like, but like talking about like how you act with parenting and kids and teaching like that, we're going to talk about archetypes probably in another whole different episode, but I'm just going to touch on it quickly. Like that comes back to your king archetype where it's like you are meant to be a leader, you're meant to be a role model, you know, you're meant to teach, you're not meant to delve into excessive power and force power you're meant to sit on the level and be like well let's mm. let's talk about this mm. like we are one, we are on the yeah. same level like let me like you just yeah, said with luca sure. like yeah. you you got yourself on his level like this is why we do it man like you didn't shame him you didn't guilt him well, animals you know like you have to get down on their level for them to feel safe yeah if you just run at a dog you've never met before and don't like get down on its level be on its level of its plane of view and like put your hand out it's m- going to be more Leaning towards attacking you, 100%. Like, yeah. What's going on here? Who's this yeah, bloke? You know, here? it's I don't know. I think it's. <laughs> it is. Look, we've got just coming on about twenty minutes left. Let's start delving into some final thoughts. I think about like you know what we can now do, having had this conversation. Like we've touched on again drugs and everything like that. Mm. You know, like. I just lost my train of thought now. I guess what can we do? Or the whole point of the whole starting question of the podcast is like how to keep pushing through darkness. Yeah. Well, how do we how do we define ourselves in in a society where external guess, pressures, yeah, thing tells us what there's to a live. lot of stuff happening. Like yeah. how do you how do you I guess in a, in a simple way keep your cool but keep growing. Yeah. And I think. You know, that we've obviously all spoken about different things you can do in, to enable yourself to do that. But honesty, getting in touch with yourself, um, connecting with other people in a non-judgmental way are all very 100%. poignant things. Um, and also, I guess, just in general, accepting that it's okay to feel shit. And there's nothing wrong with you if you're in a, at a space or in a space where you feel like you're not where you want to be. Like, it's okay to deal with that and it's okay to take time for yourself to process that too. And I think, like, touching on that, like, holding space for others, like, you know, we were saying before, like, rather than being someone that goes, oh, well, you should have done that or this is what you should do, you know, holding space for someone going, man, you know, I hate that that you feel this way or it upsets me that you feel this way. How can I help you navigate this while holding space and, you know, respecting boundaries? Because that's, I think, you know, we've got brothers and, like... You've got older brothers. I've got a younger brother who's a bigger man than me. <laughs> like he's probably he has beat me up before, actually. <laughs> um, yes, Joel. he actually knocked me out. Yeah, good job, Joel. Um, <laughs> but like, I'll have a conversation with Joel 
about topics and he'll just be like, oh, you've got to get rid of that or, you know, delete that or, you know, why do you still feel that way? How do you, why do you look? Yeah. Anyway, we'll have so many disagreements rather than him going, man, I'm so sorry that you still feel this way or that you're still going through this. Mm. And like, I understand that he's younger and he hasn't become like the awareness that we have because I've only just realized it now and I'm 27. You know, I feel like that's one way we can do it so that Mm. we can help people that are going through shit, dark times, not feel so alienated or feel so shamed because the moment you go, oh, well, you're a fucking idiot. You should have gone about like this or, you know, I should have got rid of that ages ago. Like, I guess exactly what Mitch is just saying before, you know, you have to get on people's level. 100%. You've got to be empathetic. Yeah. And there is, there is that, there is the, the notion we kind of have to be aware of that you can put yourself on someone's level to a point, you know, like we all think differently. We all feel the same things in different situations, but it's like we all think slightly differently and we obviously all come from different backgrounds mm. as we've established, but do your best to put yourself on their in someone else's shoes. Yeah. And while still asserting your boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And, and I guess by having those boundaries and in yourself and, and understanding yourself a bit more, you enable a space for other people to also have their boundaries too. Mm. You know, it's like, by understanding yourself, you it works both ways. By understanding other people, you understand yourself. By understanding yourself, you understand other people. Mm-hmm. It's like at that back and forward of just accepting the struggle it takes to be a human. You know, and it, it's hard. It's hard to wake up every day when you're feeling shit, and it's, it's mm-hmm. hard to wake up and, and not want to wake up. You know, mm-hmm. but but the fact that you got up and you went out and you did something and you, you had a shit day and, and now you might feel a little bit worse, like you still did it. And mm. I think it's giving yourself and also other people that gratitude and that that respect that we're all kind of trying, mm. even though nobody really knows what the fuck we're doing. It's just like when someone goes, get your shit together. It's like, I don't know anyone that has their shit together. Like, really? I feel like I know some people that kind of do. Oh, they've got some shit together. And they push that they do. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. I sort my I, shit out. I mean, can you can introduce me to these too. people? Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's it's a persona, you know what I mean? And I feel I've had this conversation with so many people where it's like, man, actually, me and you were talking about this the other day, Josh. It's like where people are like, oh, you look like you're doing so well, and oh. like can be on social media most of the time. It is, and it's and you're like thinking. Yeah, you know Instagram what? I do look. I do reel. look like I got my shit together, but I I really don't. Yeah. I really don't. And it's mm. like I, I, that's where that honesty comes back in. Where it's like, yeah, okay, we got social media, we got all this stuff. Where it's like, but even when you talk to people out the street, you have small talk, or you go out to a bar and you talk to someone, the first conversation you have with them, how are you? Yeah, how you going? What are you doing? Where are you going? But the thing <laughs> is, like, uh, like myself personally, like I've gotten to the point where like I've taken off that mask because so long mm. people are like, how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, I'm unreal, I'm good, but like. Fucking miserable. Yeah, same like, dude. I'll literally turn around and be like, you know what? Like, circumstances are good, but I feel like fucking shit. Mm. Like, it's I, a good way to, to kind of weed out. I'm not saying anyone's bad, but it's a good way to kind of weed out people that don't want to give you the time of day. And correct. it's very surprising, and you've probably found this too. It's like when you do go out to a bar and someone's like, hey, like, what do you do? How, like, how are you doing in your life? And you're like, exactly like that. Oh, yeah, I'm all right, but, you know got the shit going on it is crazy how many people will actually be like fuck man like do you think that's coming from a place because you've just owned it yeah i do i do think that when it's like people kind of respect that like vulnerability they're like oh man because you know what in their head i think as well they're like hey this guy or this girl is is open you know i can can talk to them yeah you know like it's a trigger you know like when a parent sees their child screaming 
their instant reaction is to punish them because that's how they got treated when they were going through a tantrum. Mm. You know, it's the same thing. Like we're saying with you, like what you've been through, like relationship wise, it's like, it's triggered me. But at the same time, I'm like, what I wanted at that time when I was going through that is someone just to support me. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a, a tool I try and use now is like, my mind's like, I don't want this and I don't want that. And I don't want this reality. It's like, well, what do I want? Mm. Because the more I say what I don't want, I just get that back in return. Yeah. You know, and being like, oh, all right, well, about. this sucks. This hurts. How can I, you know, shift this? How can I be like, well, I want this, you know, like I actually want this. I want to feel worthy. I want to feel loved. Like I want to feel appreciated. I want to feel respected and seen and nourished. And more I own that in myself. Mm. It takes courage to complete reflection. And also I think a big part of that is, and it actually comes down to happiness too. I had a conversation with someone pretty recently about this. It's just like all those things you're talking about, like, you know, I want to be respected and I want to respect and, you know, I want to be truthful and I want people to be truthful with me, all that kind of stuff. And it's also like, I, in a non-egotistical way, it's it's really deciding that, like, I deserve to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a massive that, – that can be a whole other podcast, you know what I mean, where it's like people don't think that they deserve to be happy or people, they don't think – People don't think they're worthy. Like yeah, in, in the book that I yeah. just read with Renee Brown, she literally states, she goes, she, she's a shame um, – you know, she studies shame and, and all that sort of and grief and stuff like that. She's so – like her book mm, is incredible. Yeah, and, yeah, I've got Mitch under it now, thank God. Um, but, like, she just talks about, like, we live – we live in two states in our life. We live in either a state of abundance or we live in a state of scarcity. Mm. Where, like, you're either, like – you know, you live in a state of abundance where, like, you do feel like you're worthy. You do feel like you're enough. You do feel like you're capable of being loved or worthy enough of being loved. But, unfortunately, the vast majority of people – they live in this the opposite where there's scarcity and they're comparing to what other people have in relationships mm. in regards to income, in regards to family. And and then that gives them that necessity to, to crave and want more. And then by doing that, they then lose – they let go of the wheel and lose track of everything. Yeah, and I think it does come – It's that's a kind of a normal – as sad as it is, like that's a kind of a normal thing that happens nowadays because it's like for, – for just like a small example, it's like if you're at work and someone's pissing you off, it's like – you're more likely to connect with another coworker on the fact that you both hate this other person than you are going to connect with that other person just, like, being at work and enjoying work. You know what I mean? You're more likely to make friends with someone through, like, a negative experience or, like, a common negative thought than you are with someone with a positive one. And, and like, like, that sucks, but it's, like, super normal. And I think it does come down to, like, as you've just said, like, the abundance and the... Scarcity. Yeah, the scarcity. I've read that somewhere else, but it was it was worded in like um, I think Ryan, I think Ryan two, Halliday's got it in his book, The Daily I, Stoic, too. And I think maybe Louise L. Hay, I think, in her book, it's like how to heal uh, how to heal yourself and it's like, yeah, you live in two mindsets of like everyone's out to get me or everyone's here to help me. Go against the world sort of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it is. It's like it's so crazy. Like you were saying earlier in the podcast, like about the the you know, the manifesting you creating your own reality. Mm-hmm. It's like and even in that book, the answer with the um, the RDS system, it's like your brain searches for things that you think of. So it's like if you're constantly thinking you have bad luck, you're going to receive more bad luck because that's all you're watching for. Mm. And it's like even if it's only like one thing that happens in a day or one thing that happens in a week, it's like that thing sticks in your head. And I well, think – being prioritized. Mm, yeah. 100%. And I think it's like, the, you, you know, you make a massive point when you say mm. those mindsets really depict – how your life's going to go. Mm-hmm. 
because it's pressure you put on yourself and it's it's a definition you know it's it's a definition of like either my life's good even when it's going shit or my life is shit all the time i think that's another thing like um you know this is going way back to that first question like how can you practice self-love is like just being more cautious of the words that you use Mm. in in everyday life like man i remember days i'd get like fuck i have to go to work today Mm. <laughs> I have to go to work. I have to do this. I have to do that where it's like a chore. It's like, oh, fuck, I don't want to be doing this. Mm. Rather than going, no, you know what, I get, I get to do this today. And like just, just being aware of the words you use and, and the yeah. way you use them can change your mindset big time. And then by changing your mindset, you then ripples throughout the rest of your day-to-day activities yeah. and the way you do live. It's taking charge, I think, of your brain. Our and brains like, are crazy. Like they're made to they're made to think, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like that's all all your brain is really doing all the time when it's overthinking and it's processing. It's like it's doing its job. Correct. But it gets cocky and we oh. let it get cocky. You know what I mean? It's like your brain says things to you that you know you shouldn't be saying to yourself and you're like, I'm going to listen to that <laughs> because it makes yeah. you feel a little bit better. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you judge someone or you say something bad in your head and you're like for a split second you can't feel a little bit better. But it's like Why your brain is literally yeah. making you its bitch. It's like you honestly have – and it takes time. Like it's a process. It comes back to that like accepting that like your your responsibility. But it's like you will only listen to so much that's happening in your head. Like you have that choice. You have the choice to like lay in bed, snooze your alarm, not get up. Or you have the choice to be like, yeah, okay, fuck, I'm tired, but I'm going to get up anyway. It's like we did this morning when we went to the sunrise. It's like I was laying in bed and I was like, damn it. I'm so tired, I but getting, I was like, getting, get up. I'm just getting messages from Alish going, are you up? Are we Are we going down Is the it beach? cloudy? Is it cloudy? <laughs> All I'm thinking about is, oh my God, but as, I hope it's cloudy. As soon as you're up though, it's like your brain is crazy. Like it literally makes you, it makes us depressed. It's like so much stuff happens in your life and you listen to your head and you live inside your head you're and you forget about this and your reality. Own worst critic. Yeah, I don't 100%. know if it makes us depressed though. I feel like it's all survival instincts. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I do agree us, with you. It's like, I think we let it. Not wanting to get out of bed, it's like your body's trying to conserve energy because you're tired. Mm. And again, I feel like a lot of it comes back to environment. Like, mm. I think that also comes back into the like the the um, the workout, work in. You know, when you work out, you're out exerting energy. But like when you're working in to conserve energy, is like. You got to be. You got to realize in instances like that, it's like my body's telling me I need to spend more time working. We, and reading we have a book. culture now of, of of go 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 sleep deprived human beings. See, it's weird though because it's like I often all the, well, I often pretty much every day when mm. I wake up, it's like even if I've had an ample, I don't sleep much anyway. Like and it, it's been like that since I was a kid. Like I, mm-hmm. my max amount of sleep is like four hours, and it's it's so hectic. Like if I sleep more than that, I'm wrecked. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time. I'll sleep, like I'm, I wake up and my brain's like, oh, or I'm like, oh, I'm so tired, I don't want to lay in bed. But then like as soon as I get up, like it's something about getting up out of the bed and it's like I'm awake. Like I was so awake this morning when I saw you guys. That was my coffee. Oh, I didn't think you guys were coming. <laughs> I actually didn't think you guys were coming. I got down there with my Pargo cup. <laughs> it was empty. Ready I'm ready so for sorry. a coffee. I'm so sorry. And there was nothing there. I thought about it. Shame. But my punishment was, was having a – Get on a board and paddle out in the water. With you, you did and well. I'm proud myself. of you for that. I'm proud of you for that. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, I think it is. It's like I think there is a definite relationship with your brain, your brain and your and your body that that we have to kind of, you know, we'll probably touch on it in, a, in another episode. But well, yeah, as soon as you go, we on, are control. Yeah. You, I think we do genuinely have the power to like control how we think. A hundred percent. It's all safety. You know, mm. if, if you can 
again, I language, if I can have the presence to be like, I'm stressed or I feel hurt or I feel this or I'm experiencing pain and breathe through it and relax myself, physiologically it opens up my prefrontal cortex Mm. and I can think more lucidly, like I can think more constructively. And I, again, I find that so interesting that it's 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 all a sense of survival. That's why we do these things. Yeah. That's why I do these things is like, oh, that person hurt me. I'm going to push them away. And it's like, well, actually, like I hurt myself, and now I have an opportunity to grow by being vulnerable. I guess that it's comes down to asking but why. It's courageous, too. you it's know, like, like yeah, like you're saying with that, like that, you know, the frontal cortex and like being able to kind of think, like we're sentient beings. And we think a certain way, and like you said, it's like, I feel hurt, I feel mm. this. And I think the, the massive, the, well, one of the biggest things in our life is that we have the ability to ask why. Like, you can mm. go beyond the thought. Mm. And it's like, I feel hurt, not because this person made me feel hurt, but because I chose to feel hurt, and this is why. Because in so another like, instance, when I had this trigger, I mm, didn't feel safe. It's that process. So I went into survival instinct, you know, yeah. which was like, push everyone away. And protect myself. Yeah. Um, this is why a normal thing. This like, is why I'm so grateful for you, Mitchell, because like with everything that I've been going through this year, um, you've given me that support where like when usually I'd shut down or I'd be like, I'd push everyone away from me when I'd be dealing with stuff, but you would help me actually go, well, where, where's this stemming from? And like you, mm. you'd help me um, strip it all back to its absolute rawness and be like, well, fuck, that's where that comes from or that's where that trauma comes from, you know. Yeah, so, unpacking those Yeah, players. unpacking it. So I just want to say right now, like, while we're on this podcast, man, I'm fucking grateful for you, dude. Likewise, man. And provo- I, I feel like giving someone that space, I learned something more. I'm like, fuck, I do that. It's like we had that yeah. conversation, like, yeah. like, conversation the other night and um, we're talking about relationships and stuff and it, it, it triggered me. Like mm. you know, it got to the point where like I was talking to Mitch about what he's going through and then mm. I, I broke down. Like it mm. triggered something with me with my past relationship and I just, I broke. And yeah. And then you felt shame for it. I, hey. felt, I felt shame. I was like, I, I, yeah. I said to Mitch, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make that about me. Or, like that wasn't yeah. meant to be about me, but Mitch understood that it wasn't. It's just like, what, what did going? I say? You know, I said like, thank you, you know, like yeah. for having the courage to feel that. Yeah. Cause I struggle so a lot to cry. You know, there's been instances in this conversation where it's brought up things about stuff and it's like, yeah, don't let that out. You know, so to have Preserve that courage, you know, to be able to be, <laughs> to be so present in what's going on. Like, yeah, that's, it's that's so the work, healthy. you know, it's like, so healthy. And you, you bo- both of you are breaking those boundaries of like, you know, you men both need to, yeah, all you men need, need yeah. to, you need to be able to feel. And it, it's so healthy. It makes you, you both, stronger. You both bring I, that out I in each other. I feel stronger. Every mm. time like, I've had the courage to be vulnerable, I've always come out of it being like, yes, dude. Well, like, it, it gives you the chance you know, to grow. Amps, it like, gives you the chance so to grow. It happened on Friday. I was like, I can do this. You know, I can I can do this. You know, like, and then I did it. This, and it was just, I don't know, it just felt so good. Because I was like, I because what you said to me, like, dare greatly, like, have the courage to step into the arena. It's like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, if that arena is like emotional sensitivity, then let's fucking do it. Like, yeah. Crying is so good. Be like, mm. yeah, kids, kids will cry whenever they want, and they'll stop I mean? on a dime, and then they'll yeah, be happy again. Exactly, because but it's because they let it. Emotion. Yeah, and that's a, that's a big thing too. That like as humans, we kind of want to pick and choose. You're like, oh, this moment makes me feel good, and I'm gonna I'm gonna really embrace that, and then suddenly you feel sad, and you're like, no crying. 
Yeah. No being sad. Yes. And it's like, yeah. how are you meant to build that spectrum? Like kids do it all the time. It's like with anything, you know, mm. it's like they'll climb to the top of the couch and they'll fall off and like, oh my God, ow, that hurts. And it's mm. like, they'll crawl into a hole in the garden. It's like, they're always building spectrums where it's like, how scared can I be in the dark? Or like, how building bright resilience. can I turn this light yeah. up? It's like, they're building these spectrums all the mm. time. And then suddenly as you get older, it's like, it thins out. Yeah. And you're kind of leaning towards like, oh, I want to feel good all the time. And that's probably where yeah. like all that addiction and stuff As soon as you said in. that, I just pictured Kramer from Seinfeld in that scene where he's got the cigar in his mouth and the beer. he's like, here's to feeling good all the time. And <laughs> while smoking. Every time anyone says that, that's the first thing that comes to my head. But well, it's, well, it's it is that, that thing. It's yeah. like you get to a certain point again, it's like you can't have an outburst or a tantrum. Yeah. You know, and you're put in the naughty corner. Again, yeah. with my nephew, he, he'll be freaking out. Two seconds later, he's like, oh, come on, Icey Pop. Yeah. What? Because it's a release, you know, and it's like, like you have to feel because otherwise you're put in, in a box yeah. and it's like, you know, that's why sometimes. What's per- I personally feel like it's not perceived as natural. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not natural to feel sad. It's yeah, well, not people, natural, well, think but it's like trauma. Is. You shake. For a reason, like mm. Jordan was saying, like any zebra that's been hunted by a lion and survives, <gasps> it shakes. What happens to a kid, you know, when they're just traumatized? Sh- what happens when you do breath work? You know, like we, we mm. have these things in us innately, you know. It's a like, physical again, reaction like to looking yeah. at oneself and being like, man, holy shit. Well, like, I, guess I don't even like have to do lot. anything and I wake up in the morning. Like, yeah. I am incredible. Like, that's okay to say that. You know, yeah. take all the ego away from it and be like, I'm a human being. Like, I'm on this rock floating through space, breathing in oxygen, you know, that makes me trip the hell out, you know, like <laughs> that makes me have all these different emotions. Because when you freak yeah. out, when I freak out, my breath changes. Yeah. yeah. Everyone does. You have a bit like, you know, your shortness of breath. All and if, I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Well, this is. Been... <laughs> anyway. 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 On that note, this has been quite. The deep conversation. Oh, it's been hectic. Especially for the first episode. <laughs> My butt so. is numb from sitting on the seat. <laughs> well, next time you can have the couch, I'll jump on the saddle, all right? Thanks, boys. That's all right. That's all right. Um, Mitch, thank you. I tell you that every time I see you, I ride on the fridges. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you, Ailish. I'm grateful for To be on this journey you. with you. And to anyone listening, yeah. if we do end up getting anyone listening, you know, guys, we're grateful for you and just know that you know, whatever's going on, you're not alone in the journey. Mm. Reach out to those that you love. You know, reach out to us if you feel like you might feel like this could be a comfortable space for you because we're all humans. We're all going through shit and we're all going to experience it one way or the other and we're all in it together. Absolutely. Before we go, I wanted to give a shout out to On Track Studio, um, Sophie, for giving us the gear today to record this episode and we look forward to giving you guys more in the future. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate anyone that's listening. And I appreciate both Mitch and Josh for this experience. It's been very fun. <laughs> All right. Until next next time. See you soon on Humong Beans Podcast. Bye.